Hi, I'm Tom Yoder, and this is Fieldwork, Misadventures at the Edge of Science. When most of us think of science, we think of lab coats and microscopes in sterile, controlled environments. But there's a whole bunch of science that gets done in much more dirty and dangerous places. Science that's done by biologists, archaeologists, geologists, and a lot of other ologists who do field work where there are sometimes no roads, no shelter, and no backup. And many times the best stories from the field aren't about the science or the coolest discoveries, but about surviving the field work conditions and mishaps that inevitably happen while attempting to gather data in strange or sketchy situations in the outdoors. After listening to the adventures and misadventures of some of the people who make the Four Corners their home, be sure to visit mesaverdecountry.com to plan your next adventure in Mesa Verde Country. Kelly McAndrews is an archaeologist and co-owner of Woods Canyon Archaeological Consultants in Cortez, Colorado. She has been working in cultural resource management in the Four Corners since 1992, alongside a wide variety of characters, both in and out of the field, who, as she says, contributed to her continuing education and sense of humor, or lack thereof. My wide-ranging conversation with Kelly about several fun fieldwork memories was recorded at Wild Edge Brewing Collective in Cortez. Kelly, thanks for meeting me here tonight. I I'm appreciate so glad it. to see you, Tom. It'll be fun. <laughs> We're here at Wild Edge, and uh, what are you drinking? That's some dark oh, stuff I'm there. Is that the coffee? I'm having this Wildmaker Stout. It oh, is delicious. That's nice. It's like an appetizer in a beer. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. This is the uh, the monkey wrench that I'm having. Oh, that's I like Blair's to give favorite. a little a little shout out to Wild Edge because I'm recording here. So delicious. Why not? Yeah. 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 Oh, and it is delicious too. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So you're going to talk about some field some adventures. Things okay. And so. Okay. Kay was my very first dig partner, so she really wow. did teach me about excavation and archaeology, and she was very, she was an excellent mentor. Um, yeah. So that was in 93, we were working, um, we started working together. Um, so we, we worked together for a long time, we had lots, we had so lots of funny stories. So you had just started working together in like 93? Uh-huh, oh, wow. that was okay. my first summer, yeah. so I think she probably just dragged me around to teach me whatever... I might possibly soak up. <laughs> okay. um, but she reminded me of funny things I don't even remember. She told me that Bill Dale and I built a fire in a pit house to rid ourselves of a red ant hill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, you'd think you would recall that, and I have no recollection of that. Sort of means that's one of the more tame things that... Um, <laughs> That we did, um, and it was also very fun to work with Bill Dale. Um, so this was this was like a fairly deep pit structure. It was really and, deep. Yeah. And did this you like build the fire right in the hearth? I or? can't remember. My, so I I very vaguely recall this, and I think that this was in the olden days where we had dendro juice on the site, which is the glass jar with gasoline and paraffin inside that sits in the hot sun so that the paraffin melts so that you can entomb your your tree ring samples um, with this paraffin and gasoline which is a disaster and we don't really do that anymore poor people at the tree ring lab god bless them you <laughs> this stuff is terrible i'm gonna pass out so my best recollection is that we use some of that gasoline to pour down the ant a hole oh. i'm sure just the tiniest bit just the tiniest bit in order to 
uh, flame those ants out. Um, nice. There are lots of colorful stories with Bill also. On that, those were the south excavations south of the Ute, or the pit structures were very deep, and I think part of that is because they're on this that alluvial alluvial fan um, where there's a lot of deposition happening. But one time it rained really, really hard out there for days and days, and we came back the next week to work, and there was a pit structure that was I don't, I don't know, ten feet deep probably, easily. And it was completely full of water oh. to the top. All, like all the structures were half full of water, but this one was all the, all the way full. And Bill just stripped down <laughs> and dove into the pit structure. Awesome. It's like, okay, this is the first and last time we're going to see someone swimming <laughs> in a structure full of water. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. It was so, it was, it was sad and uh, funny, so... Did they? Did those pit structures just get destroyed? I mean, was there any salvaging the archaeology of those structures at all? We pumped them out. Actually, oh, right. we rented pumps, and um, that structure that he actually dove into, he had photographed the final floor photographs, which the floor had corn cob impressions in it. Oh. So it was really a neat structure. But he had done all the photography wow. prior to that flood, wow. which is just great fortune. Um, but we pumped, we rented all these pumps, pumped all the water out, and then had to let them dry for days. So I think we were able to retrieve a fair amount of information. Yeah. We were well along in those excavations, but it was where a dam had been breached. And so that rain just funneled off the Ute Mountain into what had been a stock pond. But for some oh. reason, someone didn't want it to be a stock pond anymore, so they had backhoed a little trench in it, and that water just rushed over all those sites. So, yeah. <laughs> Funny, crazy people. Yeah. But um, those were fun excavations. I've actually never heard of anyone swimming in a pit structure no, before. No. I've seen my share of pit structures and trenches full of water. Full of water, right. But never seen someone swimming in it. So. Yeah. That's good. It makes me think of trying to cover pit structures with plastic, and I'm sure you recall these things. Yes. And there's just no way to do that, really. And it also causes much consternation among crew members about oh, yes. who's doing things right and who's doing oh, yes. it wrong. There were very elaborate um, attempts when yep. I was working on the ALP project mm -hmm. to put like rebar with PVC right. um, over structures with mm -hmm. plastic then over the yeah, PVC. Yeah, like a little igloo kind of greenhouse yeah. for the... Yeah, like many, many large pieces of PVC that are duct taped together. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember. There's it was, still water in there. And there's still water in there, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's really no keeping water out of a hole in the ground. Out of a hole in the ground. Yeah, it's the lowest <laughs> it spot. It goes to the lowest spot. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. We worked on a project on the bluff bench, and and Jonathan Till worked there with us, and Bill Dale worked there, and Kay and I and Tom Rice worked with us. And it was like in April when the wind just howled, and we were digging in a sand dune, and it was just misery. We were just, our ears were full of sand, mm. our eyes were full of sand. So if you can imagine, it's a, it's a pretty lovely spot, though, view-wise. You could see the comb to the west, you probably see the ute to the east. And we would just go to the van to eat lunch because we were so tired of the sand in our eyes. 
And so there are this entire crew of people sitting in a 15-passenger van eating lunch together. There are bound to be some. Who brought the tuna? I don't know. But the sardines. Tom would always be sitting in the front because uh, it was a Wild Rivers van, so he was driving the Wild Rivers van. And he would tap, he would tap his foot because he can't sit still, he can't sit still. He can't. And then Kay would have had enough of that, and she would just yell, Thomas, quit tapping your foot. Driving me crazy. <laughs> Close quarters. Close quarters, yeah. I'm amazed that we all uh, came, out, came out of there. Um, we actually found some really cool things in there. Yeah. We found hammered copper pendants on that oh, site. Oh, wow. Which is pretty exceptional. So what, just briefly, what kind of site was that? It was uh, it was an aceramic site, so it was a oh, late archaic okay. site. Okay. Maybe early basketball, but no pottery on that site. Mm. And big structures in the dune, like five of them maybe. One huge pit structure, like six people could sit in that thing wow. or more. Big wow. basin-shaped things. And then a whole bunch of little, a um, whole bunch of smaller ones. Um, that was maybe the communal one. It had a lot of features, and the other ones had fewer features. But that was a pretty slick site. Yeah. Cool. We all really love that. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some funny things on that site. Bill Dale found a projectile point, which he was absolutely certain had not been typed before. Wow. He liked to go by the moniker of Kid Possum. <laughs> <laughs> And so he christened that projectile point type the possum side notch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and just so many funny little things like that with that group of people. But a, a wonderful thing that Kay taught me about in archaeology camp is we would have pudding for dessert. Oh, Did you nice. ever have, our, have camp pudding for dessert? Not that I recall. So Are you talking about like the snack pack kind of no, the cups or you make the, it? Yeah, you make it. You got oh, your yeah. milk and you put oh, it and in you a shake water it bottle. Up in the thing. You sit around oh, the campfire yeah. and you shake up, you pass that pudding around and oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty that's like that's fancy good. camping. So yeah. <laughs> fancy camping. <laughs> oh my goodness. How far ahead was Kay in terms of her experience in archaeology? Like she, I think of you guys as being kind of similarly tracked. Right, right. And was she just like a year or two ahead of you in terms of work, been doing maybe, field work? She might be three years ahead of me. She had quite a bit of field experience when I joined. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So she really did teach me a lot of things. I remember the first excavation we were on, I went out, and it was in a plowed field, and they had bladed off the plow zone. Where was this at? In Pleasant View. Okay. And uh, I worked with Kay, and now it's out there and uh, they said here's the pit house Kelly and I stood there and looked at all this dirt in this field and I was like I did not learn anything in college <laughs> I was just terrified. I don't see a pit house here at all I saw nothing I went home I said to my mom either I didn't learn the right things or all these people are crazy I'm betting it's just me <laughs> <laughs> because all those things were right where they said they were. But it just take, took a little while to learn how to see that. Yeah. Who would you say is the most, like, colorful character you've worked with? Is that uh, Bill? Mm. I don't know. I, I guess I think Dave Brennernitz was a pretty fun and colorful character to work with. And I got to work with Dave later in life when he was, I think, far more tame than he had been so um but 
but I had a lot of fun working in with the Dave. legendary uh, DAP days. Right, right. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was sober when I worked with him, but he still had that culmination of life experience that made him pretty funny and fun. Yeah. Um, and we would get into these little bickering battles. We were dig partners um, and dug a couple of, of sites together. And uh, one day he had said something that was really inappropriate to me. <laughs> which sometimes happened. I probably said some things that were inappropriate to him, too. And I stood up, and I was really reading him the riot act in, in the most colorful language. And the project <laughs> director came over the side of the pit house, and here's this, like, whatever, 20-some-year-old kid re- just cursing out Dave Bredernitz, giving him, giving him what for. And he seriously looks at me, and he's stone serious. He goes... Can I ask why you are cussing out the father of the owner of the company that you work for? And I just sort of froze. I didn't. You even, were in trouble. I didn't even know he was there. And there he was over the side listening to us have it out. And uh, I just like looked at him. My eyes must have been like saucers. And Dave like stands up behind me and says very quietly, "I deserved it." <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm not going to get fired, I hope. <laughs> oh, man. I worked on this survey all by myself one time. And uh, oh. I, got, I got... Where was that at? It was uh, just... It was on Mustang Mesa, so just east of Blanding. Okay. Um, it was a power line right away. And so, you know, one person could go up. They were going to masticate on either side. And one person could go up and go back. So it was kind of a one-person job, so... No excavation. They were just doing surface stuff out there, sounds like. Yep, that yeah. was just avoidance stuff on that power line. Yeah. yeah. They would just yeah. avoid it with the machinery. But we yeah. got to record a lot. And a bunch of lion kills on that. Oh, wow. So that's really another thing that gave me the creeps. So what does a lion kill look like? Oh, um, it's kind of, it's a cache. So this was an elk calf that I saw at that on that project. And it had been recently killed, partly eaten, and then they kind of squirrel them under a tree, like a pinion or a juniper, shove them way under, and try to cover them up with needles. Wow. And so sometimes, you know, I think the intent is to fully cover them, So, but sometimes you walk by or you smell it or, oh, or yeah. you catch a glimpse of, like, that has been recently disturbed because the cats will scoop up dirt and leaves over the carcass of the animal with the intent of coming back to eat yeah. more. So when you see that, you're like, oh. Yeah, there are lions right here. There's some... Coming yeah. and might want to protect their And they're coming their back to this dinner, and yeah. I should go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you see more than one on that project? No, I think I just saw one on that just project, one. but I saw tracks One's all the time. One's enough, though. Yeah, and tracks yeah. all the time. What do you think the most, um, like, interesting wildlife encounter you've ever had in the field has been? Oh, wow. Well, tarantulas are always kind of cool. We had a tarantula sort of come... Walk down in the kiva, walk across the bottom, walk up the other wall, cool. and keep on going. Are you a are you a tarantula handler or are you a tarantula avoider? I'm not terrified of them, but I I would rather not pick one up. Yeah, yeah. I've worked with people who are just like, oh neat, and they put it on their hand mm-hmm. and it's crawling around on them, and then mm-hmm. other people, of course, are the other end of the spectrum and go run screaming yeah. away from tarantulas. Yeah. We did have we worked at Lone Mesa State Park and. It's closed to the public, so it is really a neat kind of wild place. The animals take that place back. Hmm. And there were a ton of bears and bear scat, and we did see bears pretty regularly 
And um, so we saw a bear one time with Peter Roman and Allison Robinson and I. And uh, we all, Allison and I hid behind Peter who picked up this big aspen pole. Like we're going to battle with that bear. The bear <laughs> like never he was even start swinging it. Right. The bear never even saw us. It, it went. It just. It was going a different way. Yeah. We saw it, but um, I was nervous about those bears, and there were a lot of them up there. So, in our sketchbooks, you know, you do map, you do site sketch maps, and once I um, was out of the field after I had um, Willa, I was doing a lot of the map drafting in the office, and. Tucker would draw funny things on the sketchbook for me. And oftentimes, <laughs> Tucker and Allison both would be like, on. it would turn into a flip book. And if you flipped <laughs> cool. it, it, was, it had a stick person running. <laughs> That's awesome. And it had an arrow and it said, Kelly <laughs> is running. And then the bear would be chasing Kelly through the bottom of the page of the sketch map. That's and good. Very That's funny, good. guys. And then they would always um, email me pictures of bears. And look what we saw today. Or here's a bear track, Kelly. Yeah, nice. good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the sketch maps were pretty fun. You know the question everybody always asks an archaeologist, what's the coolest thing you've ever found? I just don't <laughs> Don't know. you kind of hate that question, though? I, like, have one thing that I go to, and then if I really think about it, it might not have yeah. been the coolest thing. I don't know. I found a seed jar with a whole bunch of paint stones inside of it one time. Cool. And it was just flipped over, and it had inside galena, which is a shiny, it's shiny and black lead ore. Um, that's used for paint. That's used for paint, yep. And yellow limonite, which also would have been used for paint. A white kaolin clay, maybe used for paint or pottery slipping. And 13 um, bone tube beads, like bird leg bones, hollow. So cool. Yeah. Which might have been strung as a necklace. Yeah. So that was... They were all in the seed they jar? They were all in the seed jar. Wow. Yeah. That was That's pretty cool. slick. Yeah. Wow. It's really cool. Like, you you forge these friendships in the field sort of professionally, and then mm-hmm. they go beyond, well beyond that, you know? Right. And especially, I think, around here in the Four Corners area, there's so many archaeologists that have started their careers here and just right. been here, really. Yeah. Just They've just stayed here, and they've yeah. been here for 20, 30 more years. Yeah. And it's just neat to see that, you know, there's still these traditions of, you know, pumpkin carving parties and yeah. the, the cookie exchange party right, I know of right. that, that Shauna has and yeah. um, Joanne, you know, like it's just, it's just cool think to think of all the it relationships, sort of a, you know. It's a, it's a culture, a subculture, yeah. yeah. It's a family, really. It is a family, kind of, yeah. yeah. And th- just thinking about Dave and then having been able to work with Dave and then now being able to go out and work with Corey today, how fortunate, you know, you yeah. feel to be it's like generational. Um, yeah, just just kind of pick the brains of some amazing people along the way. Yeah. And they're just good people, you know. That's, yeah. that's kind of the cool thing about doing archaeology is you meet a lot of really cool people. I remember just <laughs> as a I was going to be a dentist. Really? Mhm. And I came home <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> And worked as a laborer at the CU field camp. And wow. I was like... Was that a field school? or was their just... field school, CU. Wow. I was like, oh, these are my people. <laughs> I love it. Dentists are not my people. <laughs> my mother uh, was very dismayed. I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Hopes dashed. Yeah. Hopes dashed. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for this. It was really fun. Thanks for talking asking about all this me. stuff. It's, it's very good to share those fun memories. Yeah. yeah. Good. We'll step back in time. Yeah. For Field Funnies. Yeah, Field Funnies. That's a that's another podcast. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Tom. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fieldwork, Misadventures at the Edge of Science. And thanks to Kelly for digging through her various experiences doing fieldwork to share on the podcast. Sincere thanks also goes out to Tucker Robinson and his crew at Wild Edge Brewing for letting Kelly and I record our conversation there. If you are a biologist, archaeologist, geologist, or any other kind of ologist, field scientist living in the Four Corners area and have a fieldwork misadventure to share for the podcast, please contact me by emailing Tom at ksjd.org. I'd love to hear from you. Fieldwork is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more about KSJD on our website at ksjd.org. And this podcast is supported by Mesa Verde Country and the Colorado Tourism Office through its Restart Destinations program. If you want to learn more about the archaeology of the Four Corners, don't miss another podcast from KSJD called Mesa Verde Voices, It does an excellent job of discussing the prehistory of the area through the lens of contemporary perspectives from the indigenous people whose ancestors lived that history. You can find the Mesa Verde Voices podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The theme music for Fieldwork is from Genuine Cowhide. You can listen to their incredible tunes on Spotify. I'm Tom Yoder, and now off to enjoy some pudding straight from the bottle. (laughs) 